phone, so he'll be going around and, and talking to everybody tonight. About two weeks ago, I mentioned uh, we were doing Good Samaritan. Y'all remember talking about Good Samaritan? And I told you I'd try to get a, a DVD of a modern-day parable, which we are going to watch tonight. And Samuel was able to get an audio clip. This is actually um, a true story that I discovered in my study from CNN. Did anybody see the story about the black lady from New York? Nobody saw this? You know, New York had horrific snow from the winter storm. Not the girl that died. That was a story. But this is a girl, uh, a young lady. I think she's a mother of three. But I want y'all to listen. I wish I could show you the audio portion, but Samuel didn't have enough time. I kind of sprung it on him at the last minute. But he's going to play the audio portion of the CNN story. It's about two and a half minutes long. But I thought, what better way to introduce the Good Samaritan when we're moving into a modern-day application than a real story of a Good Samaritan? That's her, yeah. You got it. Yeah, so let's listen to the story, if you will. I'll direct your attention to this story from CNN. Samuel's going to try to play this for us. If all else fails, I'll play it through my phone. All right. Bringing out the best of human nature. This is Buffalo resident Shakira Autry on Facebook Live. I currently have an older 64-year-old white man in my house. Um, I found him yesterday. I heard him screaming for help. In the midst of western New York's blizzard, Shakira spotted and heard the man in terrible pain in the frigid cold outside her house on the morning of Christmas Eve. Her boyfriend carried the man inside. That man is Joey White, seen in this picture at a Toronto Blue Jays baseball game. He got away from his, um, his home that he, he lives in a group home, he told me. Joey's sister says her brother is mentally challenged and does indeed live in a group home. He works at a movie theater and may have gotten scared during the blizzard and tried to walk home from the theater, getting lost in the heavy snow outside the mother of three's house. Shakira did her best to take care of him, to comfort him, feed him, and pleaded for help with phone calls and on Facebook Live. This man is not about to die over here on 111. Y'all need to get this man some help. But her neighborhood was virtually impassable. Christmas Eve became Christmas Day. Joey was in immense pain with severe frostbite on his hands. Joe? Listen to Joe. How you feeling, Joe? Joe ready to go. He ready to go. He needs to go because he needs medical attention. I had to, he had a ring on his finger. I had to use these to cut the ring off of his finger. I'm not no surgeon. With her three children by her side, Shakira tried to comfort Joey. Joe? You, you, you feeling better? You trying to feel better? Pardon me? No, you're not going to die. We're we not talking about death. We, see, this is how you know he, he needs help. And that help was about to come. Good Samaritan showing up in a vehicle that could make it through the snow. Joey was on his way to the hospital. I'm right here, Joe. And Shakira rode with him. Jesse, I'm right here. You okay? I love you too, sweetie. You okay? Joey arrived at the hospital safely. This man could have died, 64 years old, could have died outside. I wasn't letting that happen on my watch, and he wasn't going to die in front of my kids. Joey has severe frostbite and is in the ICU in the hospital burn unit. His sister Yvonne telling us it's touch and go whether his hands can be saved. But overall, he's in stable condition, and she is so grateful for Shakira Autry. 
this woman um, did something that an angel would do, okay, um, to take in a perfectly stranger, a stranger. You took him in, in your home on Christmas Eve. Joey White's life was saved by a woman who cared deeply about a man she had never met. Thank you. I'm right here. I'm right here. So this lady named Shakira, here's a man hollering outside. He's, he's apparently on the ground, suffering from hyperthermia, severe frostbite. She decides to bring him into her house. He's mentally challenged. He's, he works basically, he lives in a group home, but works in movie theater somehow. I think he, he went to work thinking he had work that day. The movie theater wasn't open, so he's out on the street. Had she not gotten him, he would have died, no question. Uh, he, he may still lose part of his hand or some fingers because of severe frostbite. What I find interesting about this is this was the blizzard that was, you know, dropping feet of snow in her neighborhood. So she called 911, and they said, we'll put you on a list. She called the fire department. They said, we'll put you on a list. She called the National Guard. They said, we'll put you on a list. We're trying to reach a lot of people that are stranded, but because of the blizzard and the snow, we cannot make it. So then she turned to uh, a media outlet. She used Facebook live stream, pleading her case, saying, if there's anyone out there that has the ability to come to my house, I have a man that has to go to the hospital or he'll probably die. So a good Samaritan who had a plow, I don't know if he had a snowmobile or a plow in his truck or how he got there, but they basically dug their way to her house, took him to the hospital, and then um, he was fine. And so the movie theater where he worked Put up on the marquee. Thank you to Shakira, uh, and um, just an amazing story. Absolutely amazing and heartwarming to me. So here's my question tonight: As we begin our Bible class, and we're we're re-examining the Good Samaritan and modern day application, what do you think compelled Shakira? To, to do this, uh, this, this good Samaritan, to help a man she did not know. I mean, I can think of a lot of reasons why you wouldn't go bring a man who's hollering outside your street, inside your house, but she did. So what do you, what do you think? Anybody have any ideas, any thoughts? Why would she do that? Okay. Human nature, there was something deep inside her, a value system that had been maybe established when she was young. Maybe she saw this in her parents or grandparents about caring for other people, putting the needs of other people first. Would you agree with that? You know, as I was driving over here, I was thinking about that question, and I thought in my mind, probably when she was a little girl, she heard her parents or grandparents say things like, we're supposed to take care of other people. It's our duty, it's our responsibility to be kind to strangers, even people we don't know. And so she, she prop, that was programmed into her mind, and she probably saw that reenacted. I, I don't know this, but I suspect if you interviewed her and, and asked her about her early childhood, she's going to tell you something like, 
that was taught to me when I was a little girl, right? So number one, as far as I'm concerned, those of you that have children, let them see your kindness to strangers. Let them see that you love and care for the down and out and people who need help because that speaks volumes and it builds character inside them as they become adults, right? So, so important. Maybe you had that benefit of seeing a parent or a grandparent be a good Samaritan when you were young and it made an impact or an impression. Whoever... uh, created that value system, Shikara did a, a good job. All right? Thank you. Anybody else? What compelled her to do it? You would almost have to be inhumane not to help somebody in a blizzard screaming out. Oh, okay. But yet, and I, and I agree, Lisa. Lisa said it would be in, inhumane. How could you live with yourself if you didn't respond, right? I mean, I agree. But yet, the vast majority... Of people who saw him in New York probably did nothing. I don't know. I don't know how many people. I mean, it was a blizzard. There was terrible snow conditions and drifts of snow. And here he is lost and disoriented, special needs. He, his mind's not working correct to problem solve. But yeah, it would, it would on a normal person, it would prick on your conscience, wouldn't it? You'd, you'd feel almost compelled. All right. Anybody else? Good. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah. Glenn? Over here. There's a dichotomy here. I think the fact that one of the things that I see that this woman has, that the Good Samaritan has, is relentlessness. She was not going to be turned back. She was not going to be dissuaded. She was not going to be stopped. And to me, I love people like that. She's tenacious, isn't she? Yeah. She's going to... As uh, the old comedian says, she's going to get her done, as they say in Tennessee. She got her done. She was relentless, and she wouldn't give up. And, boy, you love people like that. I think I heard her say, you're not going to die on my watch or something like that. It was hilarious. She's she's quite a character. There's a tenacity that's being demonstrated by this lady Mm -hmm. that, to me, the Good Samaritan had it. He wasn't going to, you know, he could think of a lot of reasons why he could walk by. But he could only think of one that I want to save this man. He's dying. I don't think this guy was just beat up with sitting there with a black eye. I think he was beat till he was almost dead. And yeah. the Good Samaritan, the fact that he not only applied immediate first aid, if, if you've ever had that happen to you where you had to do CPR on somebody that's either dying or you think they can die, uh, it's a strange phenomenon when you're doing it because you, you, you think about things going through my mind, like uh, God breathing the breath of life into Adam and Eve. And I'm thinking, what are you doing right now? You're breathing the breath of life. If you don't keep breathing your air into their lungs, they're going to die. If you don't massage their heart, they're going to die. And, and if that reality and that conviction... I mean, you're convicted to do something, and it, um, it's a strange feeling when it's happening because you're thinking, I'm the only one around here. It's, it's either, it's either going to be done by me or this person's going to die. Yeah. And I'd hate to think that any of us would go through life knowing we could have done something and we didn't do anything. Yeah, I had that similar experience a week ago. Um, 
we were we were at Vanderbilt Clinic, and a lady was having kind of a panic attack. She was lost. She'd been trying to find her way out for forty minutes or an hour, and she you could just hear the panic in her voice. I need I need somebody to help, you know. And I I'm like you, Lisa. I, I felt convicted, you know. I looked around at all the people and the staff, and and she was getting ready to walk out and leave again. Nobody was helping her, and I'm like, excuse me, you know, I, I think I can help. So. What, what makes us feel compelled to, to help a person that we don't know? And, and so we'll talk, you know, I'm just, we'll talk about that tonight. Why would we want to get involved? All right, anybody else? Yes. You had to be careful, though, because some people, you know, are like, a wolf in sheep's clothing, you know. They can lay a trap, and you have yeah. to be careful. Yeah. yeah, that's true. You have to be. You have to discern, don't you, Sean, and not just walk walk into something where you could get hurt. Good. Yeah, that's true. I never suspected anybody's motive. Was laying on their back, and I could tell was in breathing distress with bleeding. I that's a no brainer. <laughs> You you yeah. jump in and you do what needs to be done. Yeah, if you're you at a car wreck and and you see a person that's in distress that needs medical attention, that's not staged. Well, and so. and uh, the the Holy Spirit, we've got the Holy Spirit protecting us. And I've never been in a situation where I gave someone assistance. And I had any doubt in my mind they yeah. needed help. And you know, I, I was giving a uh, a little commercial to to good old Shannon and her little bags of kindness that she gives. We get, you know, it's varying degrees of things you can do. Sometimes it's not CPR or the breath of life. Sometimes it's just a kindness of, you know, Peter said that to the man that was, what was he, blind or crippled? And he said, I don't have any silver and gold, but that yeah. which I have, I'll give you. Yeah. We, we've got folks back there in those little wooden boxes, bags you can carry in your automobiles, and there's... There's some days I don't see any. When it's been this cold here recently, I didn't see any cardboard people, I call them, out with their little signs. But yet, when the weather warms up, I'm going to see them. And I am prepared. And I challenge everybody in this class, be prepared. You're going to see them, or you're going to go hunker your head down and say, well, I don't have anything here I can give them. Well, you've got something back there in those cardboard crates. If you pick them up, Put them in the back of your car. Uh, Judy's got a special little tub for those, so they don't you don't trip over them, or the grandkids don't kick them out when they get get it ride to, from school. But make your opportunities. I guess that's all I'm saying. Opportunities will provide for you, but the, uh, the Holy Spirit wants us to meet it more than halfway, <laughs> and that is okay. I've got I've got a fine lady at your congregation and several others, matter of fact who fill these bags full of everything that an indigent person or a person that's holding cardboard can use. I mean, she's put a lot of work and thought into these. And uh, to me, it's amazing. Just pick one of them up and look at it Mm -hmm. and just say, you know, if I was on the street and I didn't have uh, access to these things, Mm -hmm. would I want them? And I thought, every one of them, I thought, Shannon, how smart you are. Yep. I thought... I'd want every one of those things. Yeah, I had a young man with another group in town, religious group, who was putting humbly bags together, and so I came up to the building, took one of ours apart, 
took a picture of all the contents and said, hey, just wanted to share with you what we do here at Stroudsville. If you're interested in building something, this is this is our homeless bag collection. So, yep. If anybody want to hold up their hand, if you've ever heard of YPAC, YAPAC, W-A-Y-P-A-K. Anybody? 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 Maybe a couple of hands. Few, yeah, a few people. I kind of stumbled onto them, and Shannon was one of the reasons. She was telling me, she says, you know, she says, we've got a real strong ally in uh, mm-hmm. in uh, this community. They're all believers, Christian believers. Yes. And they just do their own little thing. Mm-hmm. We had that recent flood that wiped out a bunch of people, uh, this little town. They were the first ones in there. That's great. The, the uh, hazmat people, uh, emergency response people, let them, there's several groups that they will let in to s- disaster sites. Church of Christ Relief Disaster Relief Fund. So if you want to support them annually, please do so. The church does, whether you know it or not. They do. They send them money every year. But they also uh, are allowed to go in where other groups, you just can't be a do-gooder and go into a, a, a right. area, a disaster area. Mm-hmm. They're one of the groups that can. You have to be vetted. Men, Mennonite Relief Fund. Those good Mennonite folks, mm-hmm. they are prepared. When they go in, they know what they're doing. And there are others like that. Well, to, you scale that down to just what can I do on a day-to-day basis to minister to the suffering or those that need help? You got one right back there in those crates. Yep. So when you walk by and look at them, say, oh, isn't that nice? Think, well, isn't that nice? That could fit in the back of my car mm-hmm. in a little container. Or yeah, I like, I like Judy's idea of a little container in the back. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I felt uh, refreshed to see this woman, Shakira, Shakira, one human being who she owed compassion and love toward a stranger. She took an active interest in his well-being and his safety, and I just found that we, we need to hear more good stories like that, human interest stories, love of, of, uh, a love of your fellow man, selflessness, compassion. Those are all good things. Tom, can I digress and tell just a little personal story about Judy? Uh, my nickname for her, she, I've been married to her for 60 years, so I can nickname her if I want to, is Jufy. That's Judy and Goofy combined. Mm-hmm. Now, don't you all tell her I told you this. But she lost her, her wallet, her credit cards, everything. And she gave me that sad look because this has happened twice now. And she says, I've lost my credit cards, my everything. It's just vanished. And she said, I was going to pick up the grandkids at school. And she says, just disappeared. I've looked mm-hmm. every place, high and low. And I even went out there and looked. Couldn't find it. Well, we found it just recently. This is after a month of searching. Wow. God's got a real sense of humor, folks, I tell you. And, and he, you know, he's, he's saying, I, just don't worry about it. Just, and I kept telling her that, don't worry about it. If Lord wants us to have that cash, she had like $100 in her billfold and, and, and her, all of her cards. And she had already switched all of her credit cards over to new cards and everything. And she, she was just a week ago. She says, you're not going to believe this. And I said, honey, with you, all things are possible. And I said, what is it? And she said, I found my billfold. You know where it was? It was down at the bottom of that little tray that I, I give the cardboard people. Uh, she said, I was passing out yeah. one of those bags. And she said, I dropped it in my little uh, yeah. plastic deal and it went to the bottom. Yeah. And she said, and I, so I got more bags and put on top. 
<laughs> so that thing's been buried under bags for a month. And I'm just saying, it was like God says, okay, Judy, uh, you, I tested your faith. You've had, you showed it. Uh, now, here's your, here's your uh, credit cards and your cash back. Uh, so That's anyway. a good story, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one, isn't it? Somebody turn to Matthew 25, if you've got your Bible handy. We need, need somebody to read for me. Just raise your hand if you can read verses 34, 35. We got a hand over here. Ah, thank you. Mr. Will. All right, we've reviewed this already when we talked about the Good Samaritan, but it's good to review it again. And the reason I want to read this is it, it, uh, it, it really applies to me. But anyway, it's the judgment scene. You may recall where Jesus separates the sheep and the goats. And let's see in verse 34 what Jesus says to the sheep. Through to the end of 36. Yeah, that'd be fine. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. All right, and, and you may recall the, the sheep, those who rendered acts of kindness... We're surprised, but Lord, when, when did we do that for you? We never did that for you, Lord. We might have done it for somebody else. But, and, and anybody remember what Jesus said in response? What did he say? Okay. Now, Lisa, what, is, what do you think he means when he says the least of these? I'm sorry, not Lisa, Paulette. Either one of y'all can answer, it's fine. Lisa's like, whoa, he just called on me. Well, no matter. I'm sure either one of y'all can answer that. But matter of fact, we'll, we'll come to Lisa after you answer. But what do you think, Paulette? What do you well, think I mean, least of these means? Of people that some people put themselves up here and some people are down here. And to okay. me, this little old man was probably one a lot of people wouldn't even have thought about. Hey, okay, first of all. He's not in a think tank of very bright people, is he? He's not. Why not? Because he has special need. Y'all know where the special kids go in school, right? They ride the short bus. You, society figures out very quickly who's here and who's, you know what I'm saying? Doesn't have anything to do with the value in God's eyes, but in society's eyes, they are least, Right? They're not your up-and-comers. They're not the cream that rises to the top. They're like this homeless guy who was, well, he lived in a group home. He, had, he was mentally challenged. He was disoriented and was in terrible need. I mean, if it had been a celebrity, everybody would have stopped, right? Yeah. If it had been a celebrity, everybody knew, of course, people would stop. But who knew this guy? Nobody. He was one of the least these. All right, Lisa, anything you wanted to add since I called on you by mistake? What? Amen. Doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. 
because we're all valuable in God's eyes. But here's what I thought was really neat is Jesus says, when you made that extra effort to help the lowly, the poor, the down and out, those who can no way ever pay you back, when you make an effort to help those kinds of people, i.e. the guy that she reached out to, right? Then you've helped me, Jesus said. Not when you go help the rich or the elite or the people that are famous, you know, and it'll be in the news, oh, I helped so-and-so. No, it's when you help the least of these, the dregs of society, the, the people nobody knows. And, and what I really love about the Good Samaritan, which we're going to watch, uh, it, it's, he's helped by somebody that's already suspect in society. You know, it was a Samaritan in the story of the Bible. And, and so, Samuel, are we ready to cue this up and watch the DVD? We got a thumbs up. All right, any other comments before we move on to the modern-day application? I think we're going to run out of time, but what I'd like to do next Wednesday night is kind of wrap this up, and we'll talk some more about the characters in the modern-day parable. But as you watch this, I want to ask you to think about uh, Shakira and how she reached out to a man who had special needs and showed kindness and compassion. And I want you to compare that to this DVD that we're getting ready to watch, which is a modern-day parable. By the way, it is filmed in Nashville, so you may see some familiar sights. Uh, so we'll go ahead and show that, and, and if you can cut down some of the lights, Roy, I'd appreciate that. Make it a little dimmer. All right?
What do you think? Pretty good? What were your impressions? Do you think they did a, a pretty good job at maybe having a parallel from the parable in the Bible? Roy? I think so, too. I also believe that he was just an elderly person. I don't think he was necessarily a homeless person. Yeah. He probably got beat up, and this guy did a good thing about bringing him back. I, I have to admit that I'm a little deficient in that area because I, I spent a lot of time around in these areas in a work, as a working. And um, it, it's kind of heartbroken, especially when you think of what Christ did for us. He, he went to the cross. Mm-hmm. He, got, he got put down. He got beat. And he still as they were crucifying him and nailed him to the cross, he had the courage to say, forgive them for they know not what they do. I think that if we look deep inside us, we'll see that we're all a little bit deficient in this because we've been scare tactic all our lives about, oh, they're bad people. I found out how people treat those kind of people when I come back from a job and I'm walking through the parking lot and I've got, I'm, I'm covered with grease and oil and I'm not looking real cool. Uh, and women would actually put their children behind them like chickens as I come up around them. Yeah, we don't know about this man. Yeah, yeah so I, I can see that. And I can see why people do that. It's because we were all raised the same way. We we're, were we're, we're country folks that we would help those people that we knew and those people that were struggling to survive. So, yeah. it's All right. It was a pretty good, and that, that one young kid looked like he was just about to the turning point to where he would try to help. But yeah, we're going to talk about the parable some more next week. We'll kind of follow up, but I wanted to just get some general impressions while we've got a couple of minutes left. Glenn? It's ironic watching this, and I hadn't thought about it in years. One time we were we lived in northern Kansas, and we couldn't find a church in Plainville where we moved, so we drove every Sunday into worship services in Hayes, Kansas. There's a little congregation of us, about oh, 30 members. And so we were driving our typical Sunday morning trip, all loaded in the car, family car, dad's car, and... Uh, my sister, Ellen, who was a teenage girl, my two older brothers, Bill and Pat, myself, all in this car with mom and dad up front. And we drove up on this horrifying spectrum, almost looked like this man that I guess is the blood. My, I talked to my sister the other day. She's 90 years old, so we always talk during the holidays. And we were talking about, you know, what was that like? And she said, well, because I was your big sister, I, was, I could see better than you could behind the seats back behind the car. And she says, when we drove up on that, this young woman was laying flat out in a pool of blood, face down. And so when my mom and sister jumped out of the car and ran over there and got her up and got her where she was conscious, she said, my baby's in the car. Well, this car was rolled mm. half over on the yeah. edge of the road. Oh, wow. So I'll try to be as brief as I can, but this was a boy for a little kid, five years old. This was rocking my world. And I thought, oh, my goodness, a baby. And I just my heart just sank. Well, the, the boys 
my brothers jumped into action and they got over there and they were crawling in that car to get that baby out of there. My brother Bill said it was like looking at a little angel looking up at him wrapped in its swaddling clothes, <laughs> baby blanket, and looked up at him like, are you going to get me out of here? And he said, <clears throat> Pat and I, I took the baby out. Bill was the oldest of the two. He lifted the baby out of that rolled over, half rolled over car and handed it to Pat. And as soon as he did that and jumped off the car, it rolled the rest of the way down the hill. Wow. So they literally probably saved that baby from that's, being thrown. That's amazing. Thrown out of the car like its mother. But don't ever think that the Lord won't present you with opportunities. Here we were, the Shipman family, on the way to church services. And the Lord says, i got a little job for you first. Yeah. And this young mother and her baby, we hauled them all into Fort Hayes. It had taken longer than, you know, we just put them all the car with us. We were cramped. And yeah. Hauled them into the hospital, got the mother checked in, got the baby seen to in the nursery, and uh, and followed up. And they were both healthy and both survived. Wonderful. And, but, you know, you think you don't get chances. Yeah, you do. The Lord yeah. will provide. Yeah. Okay, we're going to follow up next week. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed the parable. I did. I enjoyed watching. I've seen it about three times. But we're going to talk about some of the characters in the story, draw some parallels, and, uh, and we'll talk about the characters that were presented in this modern-day parable and some of the things that caused them not to want to get involved, and then why, why would one man feel compelled to get involved, and what can we learn from that? So I hope, I hope you'll uh, kind of process, think about it, chew on it a little bit, and we'll talk about it next Wednesday night wrap up on that Good Samaritan parable. But thank you all. Uh, thank you, especially Samuel. I sprang that all on him tonight, and he did a great job uh, just taking care of our AV needs. So thank you, Samuel. Thank you all for being here tonight. And um, remember, there's always opportunities to help the least of these in the name of Jesus. Thanks, Brian. 626 is our invitation song, number 626. We uh, had an interesting study tonight on the parable of the Good Samaritan where we're confronted with the opportunities in our life to help out, to reach out in love to those who we may not know, who probably we feel may not be deserving. But yet, one of the things I think about in Jesus' life is it seems like he was almost drawn toward those who were hurting. I think, I think you'll find that uh, so many times these interactions that are recorded in the Gospels were with widows, women who had lost their sons, uh, Mary and Martha who had lost a very dear brother, um, you know, people who had uh, terrible diseases, infirmities. But Jesus stopped and he took the time. And so I, I see in Jesus a profound humility. 
a humbleness of heart. But yet, what we tend to do in, in our society is we tend to want to be valuable and sometimes even puffed up. And our invitation song tonight talks about vanity. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified. When we stop and look at Jesus and his humility and what he did for us out of love, then we'll understand that uh, it's something that we need to emulate in our life, to be loving and humble. And so the invitation tonight is reflect on your life, sing the song, think about uh, 626 as we sing it, and uh, if you need to respond, we invite you to come. Let's stand and sing together number 626. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Thanks, Dale. In just a moment, we're going to have Brother Brian Albright lead us in prayer, so we'll be taking some special requests or announcements. I was asked to include Roger Dale Holt. This is the brother of Sister Brenda Holt. Roger Dale has been in the hospital, but today, I believe it was today, he was placed on a feeding tube, so we need to just keep him in. He's going to have surgery tomorrow and be placed on a feeding tube tomorrow. Just keep him in prayer that that procedure goes well. Uh, we have some exciting news to add that Brother Zach Huff uh, was baptized into Christ Sunday morning. And so it made for a, a great Christmas day and celebrate and hear the angels sing. So we want to encourage Zach as a new Christian. We'll be publishing uh, his contact information. Maybe you can write him a note and let him know you love him and want to encourage him as a new uh, babe in Christ, Brother Zach Huff. We're going to have a New Year's Eve party coming up Saturday. We'll start around 6.30 p.m. You can stay as late as you want and bring in the new year if you, if you want to. We need appetizers, desserts, favorite games. So just come and enjoy um, bringing in the new year on Saturday. Congratulations to uh, Travis Gupton. Travis got married earlier in the year, around October. So to celebrate their wedding, and uh, we're going to give them a gift card shower, uh, Travis and, and Christine. And so uh, since they're out of town, we've got a gift table in the foyer, and um, you can put a gift card there, and we need your gifts by January the 22nd. So Travis and Christine, if they have any particular needs, maybe you can ask Paulette and, and uh, 
Denise, and, and they can let you know maybe what they need. Are there any other announcements or updates on our sick need to be aware of? I was told that Brother Bill Young is going to be coming home, I think, Christmas Eve. That should be sometime later this week. So keep Bill and BJ in, in, in prayer as, as he... Pardon? Christmas Eve. New Year's Eve. I don't know why I said Christmas Eve. New Year's Eve. Thank you. Thank you for correcting that. Yeah. Very soon, he'll be going home and making that transition. I know they're glad to have him, but he'll have some unique challenges as he comes home and learning how to get by day to day. All right. Anyone else have announcements, updates? Anyone? All right. If not, we'll ask Brian to come up. What's our account tonight, Brian? 97. Good number. All right. All right. If there's no more announcements, then uh, we'll have Brian lead us in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for another opportunity we have to assemble here tonight and study another portion of your word. And pray that you will help each of us to think upon the lessons we were taught tonight in our class, in the adult class, as we study about the Good Samaritan, help us to think upon what we learn, help us to seek out opportunities and ways we can help others who are in need. So thankful for Jesus and his willingness to come to this earth and live a perfect life, an example to each one of us. And to ultimately give himself up on the cross for the mission of our sins. We too might have a chance to live with him through eternity if we're found faithful when this life is over. Thankful, Father, for some of those who have been sick recently and been able to recover. Pray that you'll please continue to be with many who are on our prayer list. Specifically tonight, we pray for Roger Dale Holt as he is undergoing surgery tomorrow for a feeding tube. Pray that you'll please uh, be the doctors and nurses performing this procedure. and Please be with all his caregivers and all of his family as they help take care of him, that things might be done, that he'll be healed soon, if it be your will. Thankful for the news that Brother Bill Young will be coming home, hopefully on uh, Saturday pray that you will please be with BJ and the kids as they prepare for, for Bill to come home and know that he will face some challenges uh, getting adjusted to being at home. And just pray that you will please help that to go well, that he will continue to get stronger. Pray that you will help us to help us help him in any way we can in this transition. Father, we are so thankful for Zach Huff's decision to be baptized on this last Sunday and pray that you'll please uh, be with him in his Christian walk and help us to encourage him as he encourages us. And we might all help each other get to heaven. Father, we ask you to be with us as we about to close the last few days of 
2022 and look forward to 2023 and pray that you'll help us to strive to do your will each day and draw closer to you and be the Christian examples you'd have us be. Father, we ask you to be with us now as we separate and please bring us back to the next point in time. These things we ask in Christ's name. Amen.